Hello, good morning, and welcome to episode 110 of Life Song Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks along with Phil Ramsey. Good morning. Morning, sir. How are you? Doing good. What about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm You've doing been out great. of the weather a little bit. I have been sick this week. I oh. hope we haven't brought none of that stuff up in here. Well, I saved a lot of it for you. Oh, thank you. I hadn't showered in four days. I noticed. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I, Tuesday morning, I, I woke up and... Uh, and it was just, I mean, I started feeling like I was getting sick, and I started getting sick through the day. And then Wednesday morning I woke up, it was completely worse. Um, took some Tylenol, uh, cold and sinus stuff, didn't help it. And so Thursday I, I hit the, yesterday, I, today's Friday, so Thursday I hit the, uh, hit the doctor's office and, and, and got one of them good sinus cocktail shots and some antibiotics and I woke up this morning feeling like a, a million bucks. Do you think it's caused all the sin in your life? I, I really no. I, I've I, noticed I've, I'm not sick hardly. Ever. Yeah, I understand that. It's it's no, it's not that. I think what it was was I was Monday night, uh, as you know, I, I moderated the, um, the the candidate forum for Alderman for the city of Covington. I was around a bunch of politicians all night, and mm. I think that's what made me sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm all just, you got to do is turn on the television. You don't get all you want. Yeah. That's right. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, did, I might, did that turn out pretty good? It did. It did. Uh, you can uh, catch a video of it on the uh, on social media. You can check it out. A lot of people have shared it, but you can check it out also on my on my Facebook page. Uh, or if you're uh, not friends with me on Facebook, uh, which is probably a good thing, uh, you can uh, head over to YouTube and just search uh 2016 Covington alternate alderman candidate mm. form and you'll be able to find it uh it, it was really good it was real informative um but we've got you know several in the city of Covington alderman running for three seats so uh it was important I think for the public to have an opportunity to get to know uh some of the folks that are running and what, how they stand on issues how many people are running 10 for, for three, three. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a a lot of people want that job. District five or district two, district five, district two uh, has five candidates. District one has three, and then district two has two, or district three has two. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting uh, in in the election on November. But more important than than politics and and, and elections is um, Jesus is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now more important than that is going after the nations and uh, our desire and our hearts to fulfill the Great Commission. And I wanted to mention that uh, seventeen uh, people. Uh, some from Crossway. There's seven churches going to be oh, really? represented. It's led by Crossway. Uh, our pastor, Dr. Buffy Cook, his wife, and uh, a couple others from our church are headed uh, or have headed. They have made it uh, and are in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, in Africa. Is that the final destination? Yes. So uh, they made it. It was a 30, uh, I believe it was a 30. 30- 30 hour f- flight I can't do it well I guess I could three legs mercy. three legs I believe it was a total of 30 hours and uh, then this morning they had to make a um, an hour and a half drive to the village that they were going to be at uh, I guess today I don't know if that's where they're going to be at the whole time but I know they made about an hour and a half drive today um, so um, they have um, we have been spending or sp- sending money uh, to the contact on the ground there uh, over the last several months they've built a medical clinic wow. uh, that Buffy of course as a doctor is going to be working out of uh, and, and, and they took tons of medicine and, uh, and things like that so they're going to be uh, seeing people healing them um, physically, but they'll also be making. They're they're doing sports camps. They're doing. Uh, uh, they're going to be speaking to students in schools, uh, and then they're also going to be going around, obviously sharing the gospel. And uh, Buffy's main. I know the medical thing was a big thing, uh, but I think his main focus is is trying to grab one or two men who stand out and 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 disciple them and try to you know over the course of 10 to 12 days or however long they're there uh is to pour in the strategy of jesus into them uh so that they will be left with uh uh making you know absolutely they will be left uh uh, uh What's the word? Discipling folks uh, after after we leave, after they leave. You can't birth them and leave them. No, you gotta you gotta have something in place for them. Absolutely. And so his 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 heart was. He knows he's going to be uh, doing God's work, and they're all going to be doing God's work. But his heart was to leave uh, something behind mm. uh, that will continue to grow 
Africa even after we've left. Well, we're going to get back into Galatians. We are in chapter 5. We'll mm-hmm. begin, I believe, with verse 1 or yeah. 2. No, we'll start chapter 5, verse 1. Okay, so uh, come on back right after the break, and we'll jump into God's Word. Galatians chapter 5. We'll see you in just a second. Life Song Radio. Song Radio. I'm Phil Ramsey with Jimmy Hicks. We're getting back into Galatians. We'll start with verse 1 and we'll maybe go through verse 12. Jimmy, you have the floor. Thank you, sir. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, 
It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth the persuasion did not come from him who calls you a little have a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough i have confidence in you in order the lord that you will adopt no other view but the one who is disturbing you shall bear his judgment who whoever he is but i brethren if i still preach circumcision why am i still persecuted then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Would that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, Let's pray. Father, God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come down on your word. And Father, I just I just thank you now that, that you have placed us in a in a place in a country where uh, we're studying your word is uh, is freely available to us that, that we don't have to uh, hide our love for you we don't have to hide the, our, our love for your word we don't have to pass pages around uh, secretly to one another uh, Lord I just thank you that we live in a country where we're, we're, we're worshiping you and studying your word is still freely uh, available to us so we thank you for placing us where you've placed us and Lord we just ask you now to bless this time uh, we, we bless it to to, to your glory, Lord. We, we want whatever brings you glory to happen here today. What your will has set forth for this program, for the hearts that it's to touch, for the for the minds that it's it, it's to open, the ears that it's to open, the 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 those spirits that it's to grow in, in spiritual maturity. God, we just ask for all of that to happen today. Uh, above all, we want your will to be done. God, we love you. We thank you. We give you all of the honor, all of the praise, and all of the glory in the holy beautiful and sweet name of Jesus. Amen. You know, Jimmy, as you were reading, we are, there's some pretty big things in here. And I see a couple uh, sentences that has caused division. I say division, but dip, different interpretations of this scripture. And, and one being, and we'll get to it, but let's let, we'll let your mind set on it for a minute before we actually get to it. You have been severed from Christ and also you have fallen from grace. Sounds like some major, major contradictions. We're going to chew on that here in just a second, but let's, let's start at the beginning. All right. Yeah. Uh, verse one, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a, to a yoke of slavery. So Paul, uh, first and foremost, he's, uh, he's focusing uh, a little bit on, uh, on the practical appeal of living, uh, the grace principle. Um, so the last two chapters we've been in, uh, kind of challenged the believer to practice the principle of grace. So the first thing that he does here says that legalism enslaves the believer. And, and that's what the whole epistle really argues is uh, grace more from the Christian viewpoint than the non-Christian. That makes sense. It does. So liberty, freedom, those things, uh, those, those words that we, that we hear so much today uh, and we've been hearing in the news uh, here lately, liberty and freedom, uh, those, those things characterize the Christian life, right. not just the American life, but, but the Christian life. Uh, and, and it's not just any kind of liberty. It's not uh, the liberty of uh, or what we have and know as, as being Americans, but Christians, we have liberty and freedom in, in our position with Jesus. Jesus gave, uh, gave Christians a life that, that, that sets us free from sin and the responsibility uh, of doing anything to gain God's forgiveness for our sin. We've been set apart. We've been set free from that. And so now what we have the freedom to do is to obey 
God mm-hmm. and not sin. Mm-hmm. Where before we didn't have the freedom to not sin. We were enslaved to sin. That's big what you just said. Can you repeat that? Because that's big. The uh, We have been as Christians as being uh, as as. as as saved Christians, we have been uh, freed from, we have been given freedom to not sin. So we've been freed from sin. So now we have the ability to not sin where before, when we were lost, uh, we didn't have the freedom to not sin. We were enslaved to sin. That's good. Yeah, it's the truth. We should just close right there. Hey, let's pray, Father. <laughs> Uh, Look here, and we're now free to obey. If we're free we can, to, we can obey. We didn't have a choice to obey well, before. It, yeah, okay, that's good. So he says here, uh, I'm going to let you talk in a second, but he says, stand firm. Stand firm. So we got to persist in, in, in our understanding and appreciation of grace. See, we're granted grace. We are saved by grace, but we are always growing in that grace. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what he's meaning when he says stand fast, stand firm. It takes our uh, our, our focus and our attentive, attentiveness uh, to sustain that mm. freedom. And we got to remember who the audience is here. He's speaking to the church, mm. and uh, but I would venture to say. Most of these are believers, and but I will say there's probably some, just like in every church, not all that confess have been born again. So I would say as a majority, I would think most of these people were saved, uh, but there are is a possibility, like it always is, that some of these are not saved. Right. So we'll, we're going to get to a couple things in a minute, and we're going to apply what it means to fall from grace and be severed from both sides of the coin of that. Uh, the next verse, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Jimmy, how much more are we going to be talking about circumcision? Well, I, I seems think- like... Uh, for the last, that's that's the big word. But but, but that's the but that's the point of the that's the point of the whole epistle, the point of the whole letter to the Galatians, because that's what's going on here. Uh, the, the the those that have uh, crept up at the church, that's why he's writing the letter. I have to keep the context in context. He's writing the letter because they're those legalists, the. Um, uh, the Judaizers who rose up and says, all right, well, you can take Jesus and you can take your grace, but you also have to add the circumcision back to it. And you have to add uh, good works to it, uh, to this, to this grace thing. And so that's the pur- the purpose of him writing this letter to, to those who, uh, to those who believe in, in, in those where he was with, you know, he was here before and he's like saying, no, uh-uh. Y'all can't do that. And so that's why he's focusing. He's keeping this letter in context from what he started in the beginning. He's not veered off the path and gone into something else. He's staying straight mm-hmm. on the straight and narrow of what I, why I wrote this letter. So that's why he continues to talk about this circumcision. Well, you know, Jews were often referred simply as the circumcised. Yeah. That's what they were called. Uh, it was their most distinctive outward mark, and they had a lot of they had pride and confident. And this was this was this is where they miss it because of this outward sign equals salvation. Yeah, that in faith, but cut equals salvation, and uh, and that's where they're missing it. Well, and it's because see the the, the 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 circumcision thing was you go back to Genesis and Abraham the circumcision was was God's sign it was a sign of God's covenant with His people. So the issue really is not so much with circumcision itself, but but what it represents. Circumcision as a religious a religious method to gain God's favor. Well, let me just read Genesis 17, 9 and 10. And God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and th- thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of the foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you twixt betwixt is that a word that's what i'm reading you just read it you read the king james this is a a token or a sign 
You said you were in Genesis 17? Correct. Let's read uh, um, uh, 11. I want, to, I want you, you read 9 and 10? And 11. You read 11? Okay, let's read 14 too, because it says, but, but an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. That's important to keep in context because mm-hmm. this was something, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say that the Judaizers are right. They're not right, obviously, because there's been a new covenant, and so that's what they're not getting. Is this this new covenant has has done away with his old covenant? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but so but we have to almost sympathize with them because, in a way, we have to sympathize because they're you know this is what they know. The God God said right here that. If we are not circumcised in the flesh, that person shall be cut off from his people. He's broken the covenant. So I can see where they're saying, wait a minute. Well, Paul did not teach not to be circumcised. He he, he, he taught that. Right. Why? Because God said to it. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he circumcised Timothy in Acts 16, 1 through 3. Uh, so circumcision was an outward sign of an inner change. So it, he, he didn't condemn it, but he did condemn it as proof or a must for salvation. Right. So Paul's warning about circumcision, it, it carried no spiritual benefit or merit. But the Judaizers, uh, they said it did. They said, yeah, Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus, that's important. Uh, but it was not sufficient. There had to be one more thing to happen in order to complete salvation. So salvation apart from God's grace uh, equals Works and that nullifies grace, right. and therefore is not the gospel. And that's what he's saying when he says Christ will profit you nothing. Christ will be of no benefit to you uh, if you get circumcised. And 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 he's not saying, look, don't get circumcised. You can't be saved if you get circumcised. He's saying if you rely on that circumcision for your salvation, Christ is of no benefit to you. Mm-hmm. He's not. He said that the word profit it, it means um, it means to to assist to be useful. Uh, and so we have no advantage in Christ if we do all the work. If you know, if circumcision and us doing something, performing an act, gains our salvation, um, then uh, and we seek God's acceptance uh, by by something that we do. Well, well, what that does is is seeking God's acceptance by works violates Christ's person and work Himself. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the work of the cross. The love of Christ, the sacrifice that he made, it says that's not worth nothing. It's all up to me and me getting cut. This is my salvation. Jesus, that's all fine and good. I'm glad you died, brother. But 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 hey, this is all about me. Hmm. And that's what Paul said. Not, nothing's about you. It's all about Jesus. So like I said earlier, he was writing. This is a message to the church. But there are probably some in that church uh, that were not saved and so here's what one author said to those who were not saved he was saying that they could not be saved they could not gain any eternal saving benefit from Christ if they trusted in circumcision to those who were saved he was saying that such behavior was inconsistent with their salvation and that they certainly could experience no benefit of growth in their spiritual lives if they began trusting in circumcision in addition to God's grace. So you can apply that to two groups of people. Well, and and, and, and so basically, let's 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 look at uh, what he's saying overall. Um, you know what you just said says it perfectly. But you know if we are not relying and and putting our faith in the finished work of Jesus at the cross then what we're doing is is we're we're, we're putting ourselves under legalism we're putting ourselves under works. We're, we're saying that, that that in order to have Christ, we must have works, uh, because our works is what gains Christ, and and that's what uh, and that's what Paul's saying here is: Look, Christ is no benefit of you if you're thinking you have to work for Him. Christ, it, it's just your faith in Him and Him alone, and what He's done and His sacrifice is what gains you salvation. Is where salvation comes in, and the grace of God comes in. Works or will be works will be a result of that, but it's not what gains you the salvation he said if you go back to galatians 2 uh 
you know, Galatians 2.20, my favorite verse in the entire Bible, but 2.21, he says right after that, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God for it, for if righteous comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So if our righteousness, our, our good standing with God comes through the law, then Jesus died needlessly mm-hmm. because he didn't have to die. It's just up to us of what we do to, to gain that salvation. Paul, you know. Romans nine thirty through 32, he was explaining to the Roman believers that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by work. So the Gentiles... They wouldn't. They weren't seeking righteousness. Nevertheless, they found it because why? They believed in Christ. Whereas the Jews, who were very zealous in seeking righteousness, did not obtain it because they were seeking. They basically were seeking it for themselves. Is what it boils well, down right. to. And that's right. Verse 3 says, uh, and I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. Mm. So. This is where we get into some meat. We're going to get into some meat in the next verse for sure. But uh, right here, this is where it's really, really heavy from Paul is, is look, all right, you want to say that, that, that. All right, big boy. Yeah. You got to keep the law. You want to keep the law. Then you got to keep the whole entire thing. You can't just pick and choose which laws you're going to keep. So if you're going to keep circumcision as is, is, is by keeping the law or is by your method of gaining salvation, then you've got to keep the entire law. Remember what I told you a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. There's two ways to heaven, keeping the entire law mm-hmm. and through Christ. So if you can keep the whole law from the day you're born to the day you die, hey, God says, come on, brother. You're uh, righteous. Yes, yeah, right. You are righteous. But we can't. Jesus was the only one that kept the law. That's why we trust in him. Mm-hmm. And it's through that faith in him in which grace, the grace of God comes into us and onto us is our faith in him. And so Paul's saying, if, you got, if, you're, if you're making part of the law a requirement for, for, for salvation, then the, it has to be the whole law because God accepts nothing less than perfection. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to, you want to, uh, you want to, uh, Go by the law, you got to keep it all. You got to keep it all because that's what he requires. And if, even if you break one, what does it say? I think it's in James. Let me see. It says, Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. That's right. So that's why the Bible says everyone under the law is cursed. Yeah. So there's, there's, there, you, have to, you have two conditions in life. You are either under law or you're under grace. Mm-hmm. There's no middle fence. There's no middle ground. Well, I'm going to just hang out right here and figure it out one day. You are under the law, doomed, Well, and cursed. That's, that's why, it, it, think about what we just said. God demands absolute perfection. He demands perfection for for entry into heaven, for 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 you to be in his presence. He demands 100 percent perfection. One of these laws grants you salvation and you've got to be perfect and keep the whole law because you have to stand perfect before God. But the only way we can stand perfect before God, because none of us can keep the whole law. And God knew that. And that's why he sent Jesus. Check this out, Jimmy. A few years ago, I had there was a guy in the studio. And uh, we were talking about some things like this. He says, you got to, you know, you got to be sin free. You got to keep short account of your sins, which I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to live in sin. We need to keep short account That's of right. sins. But he says, you can't enter heaven if you sin. I said, well, let's talk about this for a minute. Bottom line, after about an hour of discussion, I said, brother, let me just let me ask you a question. Let's say you were 80 years old. You lived your whole life and never sinned, not one time. And you walked out of this door and you tripped and hit your head and you cussed before you hit the ground and you died. I said, where would you go, heaven or hell? He said, I'd go to hell. I said, oh, man. It's a miserable way to live. Oh, man. I said, you're missing it. You are mi-. And I tried to explain to him and uh, uh, he didn't receive it. He didn't receive it. He just said, you cannot be a sinner, which I'll agree. 
And the only way you can't be a sinner is the blood of Christ. Once you've been forgiven of your sins, the payment for that, and and then there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. So the blood covers your imperfections because we have them. To say you don't, you're a liar. Well, to say you don't would make would make uh, the the Bible a lie, because the Bible is the one that tells us that, that that the blood of Jesus covers sins, past, present, and future. The Word of God would tell us that that when we're saved and we've that that blood covers us, that our sins are thrown as far as the east is from the west, and he, to, for Him to remember no more, mm-hmm. past, present, and future. It's just not our past sins, and now we're responsible for our future in confessing. Now we do have to confess our sins, and it keeps us holy and close to him but uh, like a like a father-son relationship right right absolutely but uh, to say that uh, that that once once we're saved and, and the blood of Jesus covers us that it doesn't cover us uh, for everything that we've ever done wrong would say would make the word of God a lie what a just you said it before what a miserable life you would live walking on eggshells because I don't mean it's no telling how many times I've seen today <laughs> Uh, really, I mean, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty. Oh yeah, I've been mad today. Uh, so, so I've I've killed somebody. So, in my- but if you if you apply that to your to your life, that if you sin, uh, you'll go to hell because you're not perfect. Then you're you'll be walking around on eggshells trying to be perfect, just like they did back in the day. They try to obey the law. And uh, that was their standard of righteousness, but nobody can do it unless you're covered with the blood. And he might he might have even quoted this next verse that we're about to get into. So if you look at it on the surface, you would say, well, it obviously says that you can fall from grace. It obviously says it, that uh, you could be severed from Christ. So let's take a look at that. Uh, verse 4. It says uh, you have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. See, that's 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 a tricky one because it says what it says. And on the surface, it tells you that. But here's what I want before we even dig into this, Phil. This is something that I want to make sure that everybody listening understands because we say this. We've said it before. And, and I want us to, to say it again. And I want you to understand when you have heard and been taught something and you feel like you've been around good Christian people, you've been like you've been around mature Christian people and you feel like you've been involved in a in a in a, in a church setting or or an environment where you have gotten truth your entire life. And then you run across something in scripture that you feel like contradicts that truth, just like this verse would contradict truth that we've been taught our whole lives about the grace of God. He says, you've fallen from grace. You've been severed from Christ. Well, that's not what Jesus himself said in John 6. Mm-hmm. So if, it, if you see something that you feel like contradicts Christ or contradicts the word that you've been taught in other parts of the Bible, that's when you don't take it for what it says on the surface. You have to dig mm-hmm. in. And when you dig into this verse, then you start seeing the reality. Yeah, before we even talk about severed from Christ, I want to just jump ahead a little bit. It says, you who are seeking to be justified. It did not say you who are justified have fallen from grace. So being justified and seeking is two different things. We know if we read in in Romans 8.30, it says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So those who have been justified will be glorified. There's no movement. There's no wiggle room in that. If you've been justified by by the cross, by the blood of Jesus, you will be glorified. And there's no room to fall from that at all so they it says you have been severed from christ you who were seeking to be justified by law you have fallen from grace so jimmy what does it mean to be s- severed right. severed from so, christ so 
All right, so so to be severed from Christ is what this would mean is is when a Christian would involve themselves in in legalism uh, after receiving the grace of God, they would go back to legalism. You, what Paul is saying here, now the word severed, it would also be uh, the word that we where we get the word estranged. Uh, it would uh, mean to 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 make no effect, to, to make inoperative. Uh, would basically what it means. So so basically what he's saying here is 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 being severed from Christ is being paralyzed in our spiritual life. Our spiritual life and our spirituality has has been deadened there's like a deadening effect on it that makes sense yeah it comes from the word karageo which uh if it's followed by a preposition means to be separated or loosed from and you can look at romans 7 uh, verse 2 and verse 6 for uh, more on that fallen is from epic which means to lose one's grasp on something simply stay that person cannot and I repeat, cannot live by law and grace. And to attempt to be justified by law is to reject the way of grace. And so what he's basically saying, because we know Paul is talking to two Christians in Galatia. He's talking to weak Christians, but he's talking to Christians nonetheless because he calls them brethren. So they are Christians. They are saved people. But what he's saying to them is, is look, you're changing your theology. You've changed your theology uh, from from salvation by grace to to salvation by works and legalism. And he says, look, even if people change their theology, that doesn't change your status with God. But what it's doing is it's rendering you ineffective in your spiritual life. You're now ineffective. You've been severed from Christ. And and, and now that's all deadened. Your spirituality is deadened. And and, and you're ineffective so, Jimmy, let me ask you a question. How how does this play out? We know who he's writing to. How does how does this play off play between a a believer and a non-believer? And I believe you can apply this to well, actually both groups of people. Well, it's not just us applying it. He applied it. Yeah. Because he says you. He says you who are seeking to be justified by law. So not only is he talking to the believers here because he's writing the entire letter to the believers, but non-believers in general is can be applied this verse can be applied to because he uses the word you the word you means whoever mm-hmm. whoever so the events the the emphasis is really on the class of people who are attempting justification to by law so this applies to everybody saved or lost right so once you've been justified born again okay he's not saying that you can fall from that position that is absolutely impossible totally contradicts the Bible, okay? But for an unbeliever, it means, if of course, if you go to Hebrews, I think it's in 6, where it talks about they that had been enlightened and tasted the heavenly gift and had even been made partakers of the Holy Spirit by witnesses of divine ministry in the lives of believers. They, it was all, it's like this. You come to the, the door of grace do you think that you think the Pharisees saw the miracles that Jesus did? Yeah, they did. Did you not? Did they not witness what the Holy Spirit did? Yeah, they witnessed it. They saw the Holy Spirit work, and they saw what was going on, but still turned their back on it. Huh. So I believe when 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 this is applied to unbelievers, they were witnesses partakers of what the spirit was doing right they were at the doorway of god's grace but but didn't go through i mean you can but you you can even apply your principle you just talked about the pharisees seeing the miracles of of jesus when did the disciples believe who were who were around him all the time they still had doubts. Oh yeah. They still had doubts. We see that uh, in Matthew 28. And he gave them the great before he gave them the great commission. Some still doubted when they followed him to the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, to where he gave them the great commission. Some still doubted when they believed. When they really believed was when they were in the upper room and Jesus walked through the door. The resurrected Jesus, when he appeared to the 40, uh, or he appeared to them uh, in, in the in the upper room, mm-hmm. and Thomas put his finger in his, you know, and all that, that's when they really believed, and they got on fire. So, even witnessing the miracles, they still doubted. Yeah, and I think it's so, doubt 
to the spirit is like an injury to the body okay if you are playing football and you get hurt uh, you do something to your leg well that tells you something's not going something's not right mm -hmm. and doubting when it comes to your faith doesn't mean you're lost it means there's some issues you need to take a look at yeah. because the bible assures us that we can know that we have been born again but as we walk through our life and in this state of being sanctified we sometimes doubt God. We really do. And, and, and look, don't think God's never is not too big for us to doubt. Sometimes He knows He created us. He knows how we are, and He knows we're going to have some doubts about certain things. Um, so when we do get back in His Word, that's right. That's some, right. Something's as not long, lining up. If, as long as within your doubt, you don't you don't go and you turn your back on Him, so to speak. Uh, as long as in your doubts you seek Him out for more clarification because you're doubting some things and you're seeking Him for more answers, it's okay. What did He say to Thomas? He said, "He said, blessed are you, but blessed are those because blessed are blessed are you because you have you have seen and you believe. But blessed even more are those who have believed without seeing." Right. So. Anyway, doubt's not in necessarily the problem in itself. It's your reaction to that doubt yeah. and how you react to it. Doubt lets you know that there's some things you need to address in your life, I believe. But anyway, back to back to this verse, uh, and you're talking about uh, where he's talking about falling from grace. Um, the issue here. Falling from grace, and, and this is you know the illustration used about the guy that was in the studio and said that if he stumped his toe or hit his head when he fell off the curb out here, he would, and he said a cuss word and immediately died, go to hell. Listen, this verse, if this is what you said he possibly quoted, if this verse would be your evidence, then you would be wrong because this verse is not an issue of eternal security. It's not an issue of salvation in this text. It's it's a contrast between. Uh, grace and law right. is what it is, and grace and law are mutually exclusive. We don't mix them. We can't mix them. Mm -hmm. What it does is a Christian, we can't lose our justification. Plain and simple, Jesus made that clear. We cannot lose our justification. Legalism would not draw us close to God, but what it does is puts a wedge between us and God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we got to understand what it, what what it, what the why it's important for us to, to take a stand on, on grace and the principle of grace. Um, it can't mix, coexist with legalism. We can't adopt legalism. We can't desert grace in Christ. Listen to this text. Listen to this text. Romans chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But if this is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Well, that's well said. Thank you, Paul. We can go to the next verse after that. <laughs> verse 6 would say, uh, oh, I lost my... 5 and 6, 4, we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. So, it says are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Jimmy, I thought we were already righteous. For we through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. That's what you just said. But but so so we are waiting for the hope of righteousness. God put his righteousness in us, Right. Imputed. He, he put his righteousness in us. He gave us imputed righteousness. Right. That's, that's what I was saying. So that's at the point of salvation. But one day we're going to have another righteousness, and that's the consummated righteousness when Christ glorifies us. Um, it's total at that point. Yeah. That's our hoped for. That's what we hope for. Yeah. We're, we're, we've been born again. We've been justified. God took our sin, and he imputed his righteousness on us. And then we live our life, a life of sanctification. One day when we see him, we'll be like him. So we are we are declared righteous now, but there will be a completion of our righteousness when we are glorified. 
listen to this, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected us in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Look, not only were we corrupted through Adam's sin, but creation. That's right. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Storms, volcanoes, catastrophes, uh, all are a part of a fallen world. Mm Mm-hmm. They are. And one day, one day, not only will we be redeemed, but creation will be restored back to its original state. See, so what he's saying, what, 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 what this verse in context is, Paul is saying here that the principle of what, we're, what he's getting at is stop working. Stop working. Christians, we're not working for perfection. We're waiting on it. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on it. It's coming. Our objective is perfection in eternity, not in time. Grace has... So we're not going to be perfected in time. We're going to be perfected in eternity. So go back to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, Paul said, For our citizenship was where? In heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we are e- from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. So let's let's go with this con- uh, this 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 um, this concept. When do we get our glorified bodies? When we say Jesus. When we get to heaven, that's right. So we're not perfected here, right? We're not perfected here. We're perfected in eternity. That's where the 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 um, the consummated grace comes into effect. And that's when we receive our glorified bodies and we become perfect. We're not going to be perfect here because our bodies aren't perfect. Well, and it's just all, it's that's all. what it means, the hope of of righteousness that will be fulfilled at that point. Right. So where does works play in the believer's life? And it does. Yeah. Because we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, yeah. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. Here's the deal. Our working is the product of our faith and not the substitute for it. So you got to get them right. It is a result of our faith. Mm -hmm. We don't get our faith because of what we do. What we do is because it's a result of who lives in us. I know that gets a little crazy when you think about it, but when you're born again, he's going to work himself out. His word promises he will. He started our faith. He's going to finish it. And in, in your life, the evidence that you've been born is you have fruit. Mm-hmm. This ain't fruit that you do. This is the fruit that he puts in you that plays out in your life. Mm. So you can you can create man-made plastic fruit all day long and it'll be cut off and thrown in the fire. But once his spirit is implanted in your body, he indwells you, you have a new nature. And the evidence that you have this nature is... Things that cry, obedience, fruit plays out in your life. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. So, works is a part of a believer's life. It is the evidence of true saving faith. That's right. And you can't, like you said, we can't work ourselves to salvation. Think about it like this. Didn't Jesus say, didn't he say, my yoke is light? Hmm. My yoke is light. He said, my yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's how he put it. My yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you are a believer, you consider yourself to be a believer, then why are you burdened? Why are you heavy laden after being born again? Think about that. Well, if you if you will do some do some soul searching, you you could likely find that you're working for righteousness and the law uh, is 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 always there telling you when you work for righteousness. Hey, you said you could do it. Go ahead. 
you said you could you could earn it, you could get uh, gain it by what you do, then go ahead. And that's when you get burdened, and that's when you get heavy laden in your life. When you find yourself working for righteousness and working for salvation, instead of realizing that Jesus said His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Yeah, you're right. Let's move on to the next verse. You were running well. You hindered. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Okay, let's stop right there. Well, Back to verse 7. He said you ran well. You ran with the principle of grace. You're doing good. Yeah. Proud of you. You were doing well. And then who hindered you? You know, you were running with the grace principle very well. Then something or somebody hindered you. The word hindered means uh, to cut into, to impede, to stop. And and what it is, they allowed legalists, the, the Judaizers, to come into the church and uh, break up the road of grace that they were, they were uh, by placing the rules and the regulations on that path. So here's what it is. They didn't take you from another road. Uh, when we start looking and talking about paths, you know, the narrow path and the and the uh, wide road and the narrow right and the narrow way, they didn't take him from one path to the next. They just hindered the path of grace that they were already on. They threw some. Uh, what are those things when you get in high speed chases and those the spike strips mm-hmm. that the cops put out? Mm-hmm. They threw stuff like that on the road and hindered their path. They didn't take them off the path. They hindered it. You ever went into your kid's room and uh, there was clothes on the floor and you said, who put those there? Mm-hmm. You know who put those there, don't That's you? That's exactly right. That's what Paul's doing. Yeah. He ain't saying who hindered He knows who hindered them. That's right. So, because he says he says uh, he says it in the next verse, he knows who hinders him because he's because the, the he says the persuasion it didn't come from the one who calls you. Who Jesus, calls you? That's Jesus. right. It didn't come from him. It didn't come from him. It come from somewhere else. The dark side. Yes, sir. A little leaven. I didn't say the number eleven, by the way. No, Jimmy. you did not. Okay. <laughs> A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So. What he is saying is a small amount of falsehood and wrong teaching can corrupt the thinking and the living of a large group of people. Mm. That's what that means. Leaven in the Bible is sin. And sin affects, you know, you look at cancer. Cancer starts off as a cell or a few cells. And next thing you know, it's affected the whole body. Well, yeah. And and here I would say, I know what you mean, the overall big picture of sin. But I would say Paul is is referring to, I think he even goes even more detailed in, in what he means. And I think he's saying leaven here for corrupt doctrine. Yeah. And so. You know, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Uh, so even a little bit of legalism will corrupt grace, and, and legalism will contaminate the whole church. And, and the leaders, if, if they allow it, if they don't stop it, then uh, the false doctrine will basically permeate like yeast, because mm-hmm. that's what leaven is, and, and, and it will take over the whole dough. This is very interesting. If you turn back to verse thir- uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 16. Uh, in verse um, in verse 18, or I'm sorry, in verse 12. Listen to this. Jesus says, or start in verse 11. He said, "How is it that you do not understand that I did not sp- that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees?" Then they understood that he did not say, "Beware of the leaven of the bread," but of the teaching of the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the Sadducees. Yep. Same thing Paul is saying here. A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Beware of this corrupt doctrine because it's going to overtake the whole church. Yeah, you ever you look on in, on the TV and you see these massed forest fires and they start with a spark. Yeah. So you have to, you got to know what you believe. And when there is false doctrine that arises, you got to deal with it. Mm. You got to deal with it. That's right. You know, and dealing dealing with sin or leaven is a 
it's confrontational and i've got a whole study brother i've been i've been immersed this week and i am on spiritual overload actually uh studying a lot about defending your faith and and uh being able you know you, you look at the apostle paul who he was uh he was a chosen from the womb to be the messenger to the gentiles and that's what he did he shared the message of grace with the gentiles but he loved the jews and he would go to the synagogues synagogues on sunday and reason with them one count it said he reasoned with them for three days guess what when he reasoned with them they're they're the exact same people we're talking about law and what did it say he reasoned he defended he argued and some of these were one to christ so don't and who who's whose job is it to reason let me get let me answer that for you have you been born again mm. then you better be able to defend your faith but but here's the here's the here is the here's the kicker that we need to understand and what what paul is talking about here versus what you're talking about we need to make a contrast there when you talk about paul when he's talking about here little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough all right well let's let's let, put that into context and and, and and with what you're saying when you're saying paul reasoned he went to the jews and he reasoned with them mm-hmm. What did he do? He went to the Jews. He went to their turf, and he reasoned with them, and he was able to to, to win, win some to Christ. Okay, here, Paul is on guard with these, and he's saying, a little leaven will leaven the whole loaf. A little corruption in the church will overtake the whole church. A little leaven will leaven the whole lump of dough. The mm. dough never leavens or will, will never uh, leaven the leaven. The dough will never change the leaven. The leaven changes the dough. So don't even let it in the church. So the contrast here is Paul went to the Jews, to the synagogues. Now they have come to his church of grace. Right. Trying to do the same thing. That's right. Mm. So he's he went to them mm-hmm. to reason with them and won some to Christ. That's all fine and good. But don't ever let this, don't ever say, well, it's okay to let them in the church and, 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 and we won't let them overtake. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be able to convert them. We want to keep our eyes on them. Uh-uh. They will overtake your church. Mm-hmm. And this false doctrine will, will soon consume everybody. Right. So, well, good word today, Jimmy. Uh, we need to get on out. I see our, our clock is ticking. We are in overtime mode. We won't be able to pay you any extra this week, Jimmy. That's okay. So, uh, I'm make on vacation it. next week. They'll forget to yell at me <laughs> by the time I get back. But anyway, just keep Buffy and Crossway and, and, a, and a lot of these other churches that are involved. They're in Africa right now mm-hmm. meeting the physical needs of people, but also sharing the saving gospel. That's right. So remember those people, Lord. And I, and I just want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I pray that you have a, I would say relationship, and I do mean that, but I'd like to go a little further. I pray that you have a love affair with Jesus Christ. Amen. He came to the earth and paid the sin debt. He was a perfect sacrifice, paid the sin debt, uh, paid a payment. And guess who paid the payment? The one that kept the law. Mm, that's right. He's the only one that's ever kept it. So it had to be paid by somebody who kept the law. Guess what? That excludes every human being ever born besides himself. So he made that payment. His blood covers those who come to him by faith, who repent of their sins and believe he is Christ. So if you have any questions, we'd love to talk to you. You can go to our website, lifesongradio.com. If you don't hear uh, this message on Sunday morning, just listen during the week, share it with a friend, send us an email. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Amen. Well, we're going to wrap it up. uh, And as we do, if we can pray before we head out and, uh, and we'll see you next week. Father God, we love you. Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity uh, from both Phil and I. Lord, uh, I pray for him as, as, as I pray for myself right now that we thank you uh, that you have given us this opportunity. Sometimes it scares us to death. Sometimes it we, we think, oh, Lord God, we've got to be so careful how we handle your word. But, but Lord, we always uh, dive in and we always study. And uh, we thank you for this opportunity uh, that you have given us. You've laid this in front of us. We don't take it lightly, Father. And so thank you. 
uh, for that. Lord, thank you uh, for those that are listening right now. Thank you that uh, that you you divinely appointed their ears to hear this message today. And Lord, I pray that you did a, do a mighty work in their life. I pray that you open the ears to of them to, to, to hear uh, the gospel that Phil has just shared with them if if they are lost in, in their need of uh, a redemption and, and, and justification Father and you intend for them to be saved today I pray that they heard the message of the gospel and they are drawn to repentance and faith in Christ right now God thank you again for, for, this, for this opportunity we love you we give you all of the honor all of the praise and all of the glory in the holy name of Jesus Amen. Amen Well folks we'll see you back here bright and early next Sunday morning for the Life Song Radio. Have a great week.